Hey, New Numa family, this is Britt Eaton. You're listening to the New Numa Godcast. I love listening to my brother Norman, the Professor Brown, because he never shies away from topics most of the church won't even touch. If this is your first time listening, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on the YouTube channel today. This is Cruz Cordero, and I want you guys to do what I do. Listen to the new Numa Godcast. What's good, family? We know you're enjoying today's episode of New Numa Godcast with none other than Norman Brown, the professor. But we had to interrupt briefly to tell you about Norman's latest book. Recently, with all that's been happening with the pandemic, many have had questions. And in May 2020, Norman was hospitalized for nine days with COVID-19. When he came out of the hospital, he came out with a powerful testimony of how God saved him from death and his inspiration to write his newest book, Covert COVID-19, An Attack on Kingdom Agendas. Now, in this book, he shares his personal story of how he was attacked by the spirit that causes this virus as he declared war while he was writing this book, but he overcame it through faith, prayer, and fasting. In the book, he shares the revelation that God gave him about how this virus affected and exposed certain things about the church at large which are necessary for believers to understand what's going on and this new thing God is doing in the earth. His book is available for download today on Amazon, so get your copy today. Hey, this is Bill Vanderbush, and I want to encourage you to check out my friend Norman Brown and his podcast called New Numa, and you can go to newnuma.com to find it. It's P-N-E-U-P-N-E-U-M-A.com. Norman talks about everything from identity to grace to diversity to unity to reconciliation, and his desire really is the same as what's on my heart, and that is to bring people together to be the kingdom of God, to express the love and grace of Jesus here on the earth. I highly encourage you to check out Norman Brown and the new NUMA podcast. What is truth? What is your truth? What is the truth? Today, we will take a deep dive into this subject and see what the word of God has to say about this matter. These days, people are so loose with the term truth, and many of them believe there can be many truths It's the same as saying there are many roads, but the fact remains that there is a standard for everything we know and believe, whether it's math, science, grammar, etc. All of these have rules, which is the truth of how those areas of understanding work, and there is no way around them and no other way to explain them except for those truths, facts, principles, which govern them. Just as nature has laws, times, seasons, temperatures of which various things occur, i.e. boiling water, steam, water freezing, and running water, we cannot change the truth. In today's world, perversion has made it hard for anyone to accept that there is truly one truth and only one truth. So with all of the confusion out here, it is time that we take a serious look into what the real truth is which comes straight from God's word, the Bible. Let's get it. What's good, New Numa fam? I'm your host, Norm the Professor, a.k.a. Norman Brown. 
Welcome to the podcast where you come to get the real from a biblical perspective. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'd like to personally welcome you and want to let you know a little about what you may expect. I attack the raw issues affecting the church and the world at large today, giving you biblical backup for everything I say. Basically, this podcast gets in your face with issues that are trending, taboo, and tough to talk about, which today's watered-down churches don't even touch. I also interview Christians of all types of backgrounds, careers, ministries, and more to put on record their stories of redemption, salvation, and victory to inspire you to walk out your kingdom purpose to expand the kingdom of God in the earth. If you want the truth, this is definitely a podcast you want to hear. So get your spiritual ears ready to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. Peace. What's good, family? Today is going to be a hot show. Now, I know I probably say that every time, but <laughs> today, really, it's going to really be a hot show because this is a subject that so many people need to hear about because of what's going on in the world today. We're living in a time where people are just taking truth for granted. Um, people are calling things truth, which are not truth. But because of the way that people think these days and because they want any and everything to be right, they're calling whatever they think is right to be their truth, as they say. And this term has been irritating me for the longest. And uh, finally, I just had to say something about it. I mean, it had to come. It, it was it was bound to happen. I mean, that's how it is for me. But um, so we're going to get right into it. Now, first of all, before I really get into like talking about it, what I want to do is just give a few scriptures just to kind of point out what um, God shows us is truth. And um, I want to do it this way because I feel like I know how I get sometimes and I might overlook some scriptures or something like that that I really wanted to talk about or whatever. So I'm going to just at least touch on these subjects or these scriptures rather right now. And then, you know, we could just bring it out, um, bring it out more as we go along. So I'm going to start with Psalms chapter 15, verse one. And I'm going to read to verse two. It says, a Psalm of David, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. We're going to come back to that, but I just wanted to read that. The next scripture uh, passage that I want to read is from Psalms 25, verse 4 through 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you do I wait all the day. All right, now Psalms chapter 40, verse 10 through 11 says, I have not hid your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. Withhold not your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. 
Psalms chapter 54, verse 2 through 5. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto my enemies. Cut them off in your truth. And finally, at least for now, one of the scriptures that's probably the most famous in the Bible with the word truth, and that is John chapter 8, verse 32, where it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, we're going we're gonna to break down these scriptures. Um, you know, we're going to break them down a little bit. And uh, I just want to say that there are several principles that we see in, in these scriptures. And, uh, and they're all revolving around truth. So before we get into those things, I just want to start off by saying this. If, um, if you were a homeowner and you had a house that you wanted to do some renovations to, and you said, all right, well, I need to find somebody to do this work. And then you called up three different contractors and their price was based on footage, footage around your house. So they would charge per square foot and they would say, well, um, Let's just say person A charged uh, $10 a square foot. Contractor B, so that was contractor A. Contractor B charged $20 per square foot. And then contractor C charged $25 per square foot. And let's say the contractor A when they came with their price, their price was, let's say, $1,000. So if we're charging $10 per square foot and their price comes out to be $1,000, then what was the amount of square footage that they based that on? It would have to be 100 square feet. Now, that's the person who was $10 a square foot. Now, if we have another guy who says he's charging $15 per square foot and he comes out with $1,000, then you have to wonder, okay, what, what is he looking at? Because the other guy said $10 per square foot and his price was 1000 You said $15 per square foot and you're still $1,000. And let's just say some other guy comes out there and he says it's $25 per square foot, like I said, and he comes back with, yeah, my price is $1,000. Okay, first of all, you're going to be going berserk because you're going to say, wait a minute, man, this it's not possible for there to be the same price for three different charges for the same size. One of you is wrong or two of you are wrong and one of you is right or something because there's no way we can come out with this price. So 
let's say you know that the area that is being um, priced out is 100 square feet. But these guys that did 15 and 25 per square foot, they came up with the same price. So you're like, okay, so that would mean their square footage is less than what he came out with. How in the world are they coming out with less square footage than him for the same house? And then you say, hey, um, I'm just curious. I mean, I know this is going to sound pretty crazy to you because you're probably not used to people coming to you and trying to make sure that you charge them correctly for something. Maybe you're not used to somebody trying to be, you know, having integrity or stuff like that or whatever. Maybe you deal with people that don't have good character and they're going to say, you know what, if that's what they're charging, then so be it because I ain't going to say nothing. However, I'm not one of those kind of people. And I'm really racking my brain trying to figure out how you, all three of you came out with the same price for the same amount of area, but you charge different prices for that area. That makes no sense to me. So I'll start with, with you, Contractor A. What are you using to um, base your square footage on? And then he pulls out, oh, I use this trusty ruler right here. And you look at the ruler, you say, okay, I mean, that's a regular ruler. 12 inches equals a foot. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I see what you did. Oh, okay, well, then so be it. You, you did the right thing. I, I see what you did, and that's fine. And then the next guy comes along and you ask him and you're like, how, what kind of, what are you using to measure this square footage? And that person pulls out some kind of a instrument you've never seen before. And it literally reads 15 inches. And he said, this is a ruler right here that I use. And you're like, you use that ruler? Now, I'm going to tell you in advance, I haven't made, I haven't calculated this math. It's not a perfect, you know, I'm not saying like precision math right now, okay? I just wanted to do this just to give you a picture of what this looks like when you have various so-called truths, okay? So, just bear with me. My math is probably off. I haven't even calculated it. And I really don't care at this moment because this is just to pro prove a point. So that guy comes out with a 15 inch ruler and says, this is a foot right here, 15 inches. And you look at it and you're saying, okay. <laughs> and then you say, all right, well, now I know what happened there. Now you move on to the next guy. So what did you use? And that person pulls out a ruler and it's an 18-inch ruler. And you're like, wow, I am really, really baffled right now. But uh, things are making sense now. I now know why all of you have the same cost for your, your jobs. And the thing about it is, in this case, if they all came out with the same price, the thing that's constant is the area of the house. 
no matter what their so-called measurement was, the thing that was consistent is the, the house measurement. It's the house size. That didn't change just because they changed what they called their ruler. But here's the problem. Because when it comes down to it, you can't have multiple rulers saying this different things for the same thing. Because one of them has to be wrong. They can't all be right. It's not possible. That's like telling me the color black to somebody else is brown and to somebody else is blue and somebody else is purple. Black is black. It doesn't matter what language, what country, what state. It doesn't matter. Black is black. It will never change. It's the same with any and every other color on the spectrum of colors. There is a certain color with a certain name and it will never change because there is a standard by which it was named. So this again goes back to the point of the truth. I can't sit as a doctor and tell one person who has a certain type of disease that, oh, um, well, everything is fine. Uh, you actually are in perfect health. And then someone else comes to me with the same thing. And to them, I say, you only had two days to live. And then to someone else, they come with the same thing. And then I say to them, well, the chances of you living are 50-50. However, I would give you, I would say you're definitely going to live because I know your history with your health. That would never work because if a doctor is reputable, that doctor is going to say, the same thing across the board for everybody with the same conditions and the same actual uh, scenario of how they have the condition and all those things. There has to be a standard by which we say a bone is broken or a bone is fractured. A muscle was sprained. A joint was strained. Uh, you know what I'm saying? All these things have standards by which these are determined. And nobody can just say whatever they want to say and it be right. Everybody has to be thinking the same way and looking at it the same way. If every doctor had a different answer for the same thing, and I don't mean whether it's a, you know, um, they see it as a life-threatening thing or not. What I mean is I'm talking about if one person says, oh, um, that's a malignant tumor. And then another person comes along and says, oh, man, that's like um, that's some great bacteria. And that's the kind that helps you to lose weight and blah, blah, blah. And then another one comes along and says, well, it looks like you're going to have a baby. <laughs> I mean, you can't have three different doctors looking at the same exact thing and not having the same answer. See, it's one thing when you say, okay, you got a doctor that's being, let's say, um, more positive, having a more positive outlook on something versus another doctor. Maybe 
the one doctor will say, oh, well, this is life-threatening. You are going to die. Another doctor comes along and says, this is a life-threatening thing, but you have this chance of living because you're going to get these this medicine. Or another one comes along and says, listen, man, um, I don't want to tell you anything one way or the other. I just know that you need to change your diet immediately, and hopefully it's going to help you out. That's all I got for you. I don't have any medicine. I don't have any other words to tell you other than try this method of recovering and overcoming what you're dealing with. And maybe it's going to work. Maybe it won't. I don't know. The point is, is that if all these doctors are reputable, they're going to see the same thing. They're going to have the same prognosis and they're going to know uh, how bad or good you are in that situation. Some may be more uh, optimistic than others, but the optimism doesn't change what the real truth is. So here's the point. There is only one truth to everything. Now, this really becomes a problem when it comes to what we call religion. Now, for those that are listening to this, hopefully most of you um, are Christians. But you know what? I'm not going to say hopefully. Mo I'm not going to say hopefully most of you are Christians. I'm going to say some of you may be Christians. Some of you may not be. And actually, I hope that there are many Christ non-Christians rather listening to this because they need to know truth they need to understand what the deal is now i'm gonna tell you something was really interesting i work with a muslim and this guy um about a week and a half ago or something like that we had a conversation where um i asked him a question just to see where he stood on some things and i kind of already had a sense of the kind of person he was and, you know, you got to you, you kind of get to know over time. Well, maybe this is just me. Maybe I should say, at least for me, it's one of those things where I've gotten to I've been able to tell over the years what kind of person I'm dealing with when I see how they deal with certain things. So I figured most likely that he was not a devout Muslim, like the kind that's staunch into it, does the praying five times a day, all those types of things. Because I wasn't seeing that from him. I wasn't hearing that from him. He didn't carry himself in that way. So I asked him a question and he confirmed it by his answer. But here was something that I asked him also. I know I didn't tell you the other, the other question. It doesn't matter right now. But this question is the one that matters. When I asked him about Esau, because in the Bible, I mean, not the Bible, in the Quran, they call Jesus Esau. And and I might be pronouncing it a little off or whatever. But the point is, is that that's Jesus's name in the Quran. Now, when I asked him about Jesus, he was like, oh, yes, he did a lot of. Uh, uh, I don't know how he put it, what the word was he used, but he didn't say miracles. He just said something like wonderful things or whatever, something like that. And, and that he was a prophet and, you know, 
you, you don't say anything bad about him, just like you don't say anything bad about Muhammad or whatever, right? So it just kind of gave me an idea of how he views and how most Muslims view Jesus. Ironically, Muslims are very uh, respectful of Jesus. However, they have a wrong viewpoint of who he really is. They do not see him as being the son of God. And that's where, that's one of the big ways that Christianity differs from Muslims, Islam. Because of where their belief is about Jesus. Actually, if you look at any belief on this planet, the difference between a true believer in Jesus versus every other person that's uh, supposedly in some type of religion or belief system of spiritual nature, the difference is always Jesus. Jesus makes the difference every time. And that should tell you something. Why is it that we differ on Jesus? Atheists talk about Jesus in their way. The Muslims talk about him in their way. Uh, Buddhists talk about him in their way. It's a whole lot of things out there, a whole lot of belief systems where they talk about Jesus um, differently. But the point I'm making is this, that there is one truth about Jesus. And when we get to that one truth, that's where division occurs. So going back, I want to I want to go back to these verses of scripture. Well, before I get into that again, I just want to kind of go back to something that I said in the introduction to this episode. You know, it doesn't matter where you go on the planet. If you are at a certain barometric level, water is going to boil at a certain temperature, specific temperature. If you are at any specific level of height in, in earth, meaning in the atmosphere, your atmospheric pressure is a certain level, depending on where you are, how high from the sea level you are, that will determine the exact temperature at which water will boil. But the fact matter, the fact remains rather, that it will never change at that level, ever. It's always going to boil at that certain temperature, at that level from above the sea level. Why is that? Why is it that scientists can tell you when they take off from Earth, and they go to the moon, how, what angle they got to fly at, how fast they got to fly, how much fuel they're going to need, what, what curvature they're going to have to take. Why can they tell you that specifically? There's only one reason why they can tell you that specifically. And it's because there's only one truth. There's only one way to do the math. There's only one answer in the math, it always comes out the same way. It's always come out the same way. They've used the same method every time they went to the moon, every time they went out in space, every time they left the earth. There's only one way. 
There aren't a hundred ways. There aren't two ways. There aren't a thousand ways. There aren't, man, it's only one way. Jesus made a statement that to this day still holds true. It'll never change. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is no room for error. There is no room for any other person to be the one. He said he is the one. Why did he say he is the one? I just wanted you to think about that really briefly. He said he's the one because he is God. He was God in the flesh. You know, the Bible says that his name will be called Emmanuel. If you look that word up, it means God with us. How plainer can it be? In the book of John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. That word was Jesus. I'm getting ready to look it up real quick because we need to see that. We need to get that understanding that there's only one word. There's only one actual way that we can get to the father and that's jesus he is the word so i'm going to read john chapter 1 verse 1 through whenever it gets to the point where it proves my point <laughs> okay because this is this is a this is an end-all be-all to the to the discussion of what the truth is okay this is John chapter one, starting at verse one. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not there was a man sent from God whose name was John the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, grace and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared. I'm going to stop right there. That was verse 18. That was really enough. That was enough said in, in, in so many words. Now, we're still going to break down some things about truth. See, people still might hear all that and they be like, well, I still believe I have a truth. My truth, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's always going to be that hard-headed person that no matter what you say, they're just going to keep on believing the nonsense. So I'm going to say this. So we're going to get into certain things that we see about truth in the Bible. And we're going to get into certain things that are obvious signs of when the truth has come into a situation, when the truth has been um, revealed or spoken or whatever. So, going back to Psalms verse, or chapter 15 rather, verse one, going through two. A Psalm of David, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. So we see that the truth in this situation is causing someone to, number one, abide in his tabernacle. And number two, to dwell in his holy hill. That is very clear from what we see here. So let's talk about another thing. So let me ask you this before I go to the next chapter or verse. Are you seeing that you dwell in the holy hill of God? Are you seeing that you abide in his tabernacle? What is he talking about? He's talking about being in the presence of God, having that relationship with him to where you are in relationship with him and abiding in him because of that relationship. So that right there is one of the signs that you actually have been walking in the truth. Let's get to another sign. Psalm chapter 25, verse 4 through 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you do I wait all the day. So, truth will some, it'll, it will lead you 
it will lead you in the path that you need to go. So are you seeing that you are walking in the path that you need to go for your life? That's a question you need, you need to ask yourself. Psalm chapter 40, verse 10 through 11. I have not hid your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the congregation. Withhold not your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. So what do we see about the truth? First of all, we see that you are not the only one that knows the truth, that the truth is something that a whole bunch of people know. That's that great congregation. There is going to be a lot of people that know the truth that you know. It's not some private truth. Matter of fact, the Bible says that um, there is no private interpretation of the word. You cannot get a private interpretation. Everybody has to agree that that is really from God. There is no private interpretation of the word. You don't have something that's just for you and nobody else. And, and that's going to be the truth that you stand on or whatever. That's not how it works. And, um, so here it's saying we got the congregation knowing about it and it preserves him. Truth, we, it preserves you. So if you see that you are being preserved, then you are walking in that truth. That's how, that's another sign of how you know you're walking in the truth. Now, Psalms chapter 54, starting at verse 2. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto my enemies. Cut them off in your truth. Truth from God will cut off your enemies. It will cut off your enemies. The truth. It comes from God and it will cut off your enemies. So we also, um, I might, well, I might have, I might have overlooked this earlier. I think I did. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I did speak about this. So sorry. I thought that I overlooked something, but here is, here it is. And, uh, John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I just told you a little bit earlier, I said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, who? what is he talking about when he says, you shall know the truth? He's talking about himself. When you know Jesus, he is the truth. So I've given you the answer right now. Jesus is the truth. He's the truth that all of us are seeking. He's the truth that all of us need to know. 
And when you know him, when you walk with him, when you operate in the things that he teaches you, then you'll be made free. He will make you free. Jesus himself will make you free. So when you look over your life, you look at your evidence. Is your ruler the same as God's ruler? I'm going to give you a more practical way of looking at this. Are you going to say that I know God says in his word that you shouldn't steal, but I mean, I don't look at that as stealing. I look at that as I just took this gum out of the store and I chewed some of it and I gave the rest back. I mean, that's all I'm thinking because I needed I needed something for my breath to smell good. Is that what you think? You think that that's truth? You think that that's the standard that God has? Or did he say you shall not steal because stealing is stealing. It doesn't matter how you try to make it look. Nobody can make up another definition for stealing. If somebody took your cookie, you wouldn't be saying, oh, yeah, I know you didn't really take it. What you did was you 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 borrowed it for a little while and you allowed it to digest in your system. And uh, it's going to come back out later on. No. You wouldn't be given no compromises for somebody stealing your stuff. So why in the world would you come up with a compromise for God's word? Why would you come up with a compromise for what the standard is for everything that exists? You can't say that this car is 150 pounds and then say that um, and then someone else come along and say, oh, no, that car is uh, 1,500 pounds. And then another person comes along and says, oh, no, 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 no. That's a car that's 2,500 pounds. Okay, so somebody's going to be wrong. There's only one weight for it. Nobody going to, you, you, you know, if you get on a scale, the same scale every day at your house, if you weigh the same, it's going to stay the same on that on that scale. But if your weight changed, that scale is going to change and say your weight is different. So don't tell me that you're going to go by a scale and say this is the standard because it says this. And when it says this, that's what it is. But then when it comes to stuff, whether it's something that you want to believe or something that you don't want to believe, then all of a sudden the rules change. No rules are changing. I'm here to tell you, without a doubt, there's only one truth. You don't have a truth unless your truth is the word of God. Then you can say your truth if you want to say it that way. But really, it's really still not your truth. It's his truth. It is the truth. And there is no other truth. You either accept it or you reject it. There is no gray area with the truth. I can't say, well, uh, water boils at, um, in this place, it boils at 99.9 .9 degrees. Uh, but then somebody else comes along and says, no, 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 no. At this pressure is 102 degrees. And then somebody else comes along and says, man, you know, it's only at 15 degrees when it boils, right? All of you cannot be right. There is only one point in which 
water becomes boiling water. Only one. There's no difference depending on who you are and what state you're from and what country you live in. There is no difference. It happens at the same temperature every time. It never changes. If we had no standards for things, it would be utter chaos on this planet. Clear example. If there were no laws in America, let's say, it would be pure anarchy. Everybody doing whatever they want to do. And let's just put it like this. Imagine a company with no structure, no standards, no, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is how you make that product. This is how you destroy that product, whatever. If I say you make Kit Kats with this amount of chocolate and this amount of crunch and this amount of sugar and this, this, net, but then you come along, you make it 10 times the amount of sugar that I said and half the amount of this other thing that gives it the crunch and all kinds of stuff. What happens now is no longer Kit Kat is whatever you made it. Kit Kat has a standard. Kit Kat has a method by which it makes itself when they make it rather. They have a method by which they make it certain level of ingredients, certain amounts of ingredients that they use every time. And it never changes. It never varies. That's why you can always count on the flavor of Kit Kat being the same whenever you taste it. If you didn't know the consistency would be there with anything that you like. It could be I go to Burger King and I'm going to get a Whopper the same way every time versus um, going to I don't know going to get a half and half from some local restaurant versus, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm just coming up with things. But the point I'm trying to make is this. The reason why we go to certain places to buy certain kinds of food and things of that nature is because there's a consistency in the taste, the texture, the, the, the flavor, the temperature, all those things are consistent. And those things are what drew you to that particular food, that particular restaurant. If you had one time you had it and it was good, next time you had it, it was horrible. You may not go back for the third time. The point is, is that we call a restaurant good because they have consistent quality and you know it's going to be a certain way every time. That's what causes you to be able to have fast food chains or chain restaurants, period. Chain restaurants that have the same consistency and quality, taste, consistency of the products that they provide. Because it's a consistency, you keep going back. If somebody said they made an anti-aging cream and today is creamy, the next day is is sandy another time is is a block of solid whatever and you know what I'm saying who would keep buying that you don't know what to expect you don't know how good it really works because it keeps changing up every time that is why there is only one truth that is why there is only way one way to do 
sentence correctly when your grammar, when you talk about grammar. That is the reason why one plus one equals two and it will always forever equal two. It will never change. There is a such thing as a standard. There's a such thing as the truth and it cannot be altered. The question now is, are you going to accept the truth or are you going to reject it because you want to do what you want to do? That is the question that I leave you with today. So if you're listening to this podcast and if this has touched you in any kind of way, if this has caused you to rethink some things, good. That's what it was meant to do. I hope that this has changed your mind about a lot of things that you realize that consistency and a standard for what truth really is, is important. There has to be a standard for everything. We cannot make up things as we go. We cannot make things what we want them to be. There has to be a standard for everything. So with that being said, I thank you for listening again to the new Numa Godcast. Make sure you follow us on social media um, at New Numa on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Also, follow me, Norm the Professor, on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, Norman Brown Author. If you're on LinkedIn, you can also find me on there. You can also find the podcast on there. Make sure you get at us. You know what I'm saying? Um, thank you for supporting us. I appreciate it. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing feedback from you for this and many other shows. Email me. You can look at the notes for the show and you can see the email. You can also see the website that you can go to to just see more about what we're doing at New Numa Godcast and more about me. Thank you again for listening. And one last thing, make sure if you're on Apple Podcast, please give it a five-star rating and leave a very inspirational comment that will cause other people to see why they need to listen to the podcast. Thank you again. Peace. What's up, family? This is Norman. Thanks for listening to New Numa. We appreciate you, and that includes your feedback. What do you like most about the podcast? What are your favorite subjects? What types of guests would you like to hear more? Shoot us an email today at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. Peace.